Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, a weekly interview show about art, craft, and creativity. This episode of Craft Sanity is sponsored by jewelry designer Peggy Lee. Check out her feminine wearable design at www.peggylee.com. That's P-E-G-G-L-I.com. Or follow her on Twitter under the name PLC Peggy. She's also on Facebook, and look for her at Peggy Lee Creations. And you can also read her blog www.peggylee.blogspot.com. This episode is also sponsored by Marianne at Wabi Sabi Brooklyn. If you become a fan on her Facebook page, she's going to give away one-of-a-kind necklaces to three winners chosen at random. Head over to wabisabibrooklyn.com for more details. You can shop her Etsy shop at wabisabibrooklyn.etsy.com, and then we'll have a link to that Facebook page as well. So let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to episode 110 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. This is going to be fun because we're going to get a chance to, once again, check back with a former guest on the show. We first heard from Meg McElwee on episode 80. That was back when Meg was living in Mexico, working as a Montessori school teacher, and she was making plans to move back to the States. And she's now settled in North Carolina, where she is a new mom of a precious little baby boy named Finn. She blogs about her adventures in sewing and motherhood over at soliberated.typepad.com. On the first episode, I was raving about her Emmeline apron pattern, which I still like to make. That apron pattern is really what put her on the map as far as pattern design goes. She's designed some other things. She's branched out beyond aprons, and she has a book out that just came out. It's called So Liberated, 20 Stylish Projects for the Modern Sewist. And in this book, Meg really gets to do her thing, and there's quite a few projects that you'll be happy to know. All the patterns are in an insert in the back of the book, which I really appreciate. I sometimes decide to do a project to spur of the moment. You know, the kids go to bed on time, and I feel like it's a small miracle, and I will pull out a book and try to make something and realize, oh, I have to go enlarge it. And so this is great for people who craft at the spur of the moment. And this book includes everything from duvet covers to wall clocks, a camera bag, pillows, an apron, of course. Most of them involve applique, but as we will discuss on this episode, you can skip the applique altogether if you are just kind of skittish about it. So um, don't let that scare you off. But I think this is actually a great thing for those who want to try applique because there's a bunch of projects and the appliques are not not too intimidating, so it's a good way to jump in and get started. I want to just add that we're going to run a little giveaway this week. I have a copy of So Liberated to give away, and I also have, as a special bonus, I have a copy right here of Quilting Arts Stitch Magazine, which is a great magazine. So after the show, just pay attention to the directions for what you need to do to get in the drawing for a copy of Stitch Magazine and Meg's book. Meg actually has a project in Stitch Magazine, so it's all related. And everybody that's uh, settle in for this interview, hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Tell us where you're originally from. 
I'm from California, and uh, my husband and I met at college, and we got married after college and moved down to rural Mexico within a year after getting married. And I was there for three years teaching in a Montessori one-room schoolhouse, three- to six-year-olds, teaching in Spanish. And, um, yeah, we just went down there because my mother's father is – um, of Mexican heritage, and I kind of wanted to rediscover that side of myself and not lose the language and whatnot. So we headed down there for a three-year stint, and it was wonderful. And um, it was actually down there that I started really getting back into sewing. I was sewing um, little aprons for, for the children for, to use in the classroom, other things for myself, of course, there aren't, um, you know, I, I couldn't just get online and order myself a cute top. I had to make it um, when I was living down there. I was living about um, four hours from the closest airport, um, so it was, it was pretty rural. So I really got back into my sewing um, down there and started um, acquiring a fabric habit, um, which <laughs> required me to fill up suitca- a suitcase with um nice fabric whenever we would come back to visit our our family in the States. And keep in mind that I was, we were making a living on my Mexican teacher's salary, uh, which is only about a little less than 500 U.S. dollars a month, um, which is fine for for living in Mexico, but it's uh, a little sparse for um, if you have, you know, a fabric, fabric habit. So my husband made the suggestion that I go ahead and start, well, why don't you start, you know, making up patterns and selling them for some of these designs she'd come up with. So I did that. And soon thereafter, the Emmeline apron pattern was born. And that kind of um, rocketed me into sewing sewing designer fame. I wasn't really uh, expecting anything like that, but it got a really, really warm reception. And, um, and yeah, so after that, we came back to the United States. My husband is currently studying um, for his PhD in history at Duke. And so we're in Durham, North Carolina. We packed up everything from Mexico. I should say we packed up all of that, all of the stuff from the fabric that I, that I brought down stuff that I'd made. <laughs> we didn't have much else other than a, than a hand hewn cat tree. Um, it was made by some of our friends down there, which we put on top of our little Toyota RAV4. And we drove across the U S Mexican border with a car jam packed full of, you know, dishes and whatnot. But our only piece of furniture was this really nice cat tree on the top of our car. And, um, the border, you know, the border, patrol one they looked at us a little strangely but we made it across and um with two cats at that time and then shortly thereafter so here i am in my nice i have a little room now i have a studio which is fun um and then shortly after that i think it was in august of 2008 i signed a book deal with interweave for two books um the first one, which is coming out, which will be out by the time this airs. Um, so, so liberated 20 stylish projects for the modern sewist. And the second one is tentatively titled Growing Up So Liberated, over 30 projects for the daily rhythm of childhood, which is kind of melding my Montessori, my early childhood, and now my mother background. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most importantly, since we've talked, uh, at least in my life, has been that I gave birth to our son 
on Mother's Day. He's darling. <laughs> Thank you. It was on, um, oh, yeah, on Mother's Day. I forgot about that because you had this very timely birth here. <laughs> That's it was. It was really, I mean, actually, in my mind, he started labor on Friday and he was born on Sunday. So I, you know, I, I was, I was thinking it'd be cool if he was born on Mother's Day, but I was also really cool if uh, he was born <laughs> more quickly. Of course, of course. I think every mother but, wishes for, like, if you're, if you're um, not out at a shopping mall or something, um, most mothers, you know, do wish for a very quick delivery. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, as long as you're at a place where you can handle it, you know. Um, yeah, right, you know, right. So I think out. mine worked out to be something like fifty something hours. Oh my goodness! Um, it didn't. I mean, it, not not fifty hours of, of intense labor, but you know, it was it was a long weekend. Now, did you have? <laughs> but, did you do what kind of birth did you do? Did you do? Um, were you at the hospital um, or did you have a? Birth? Well, there's a really great birthing center here in in the Durham Chapel Hill area, and we were there. So I gave birth uh, with a midwife, and two wonderful nurses were were around. It was very laid back. My husband husband was actually the one who um, was my rock throughout the whole thing, whole time. Um, and my, my, both my parents were there. So it was, it was an intimate um, home-like environment. There was a tub. Um, if I wanted to do a water birth. I actually didn't end up doing that because once I started pushing, that was just it. And he was out and that was that. Well, <laughs> so no looking back at that point, but yeah, um, it was just back. very, very nice. <laughs> yeah. well, that, that's great. And I know that you've been documenting the whole process of raising this little boy on your blog, which has really given people a chance to not only hear the tips you have about how to, you know, cause your Montessori background and then also just, you know, your experience as a mother now, um, it's really interesting how, you know, it's not just like a tips, like here's something you can try at home. You're actually showing people how you're implementing all these things, um, to teach your son from the earliest stages and just kind of enrich his life. And just from the side oh, of the room, you. I mean, that's really, it's really interesting. I mean, the hardest thing, honestly, for me is that like, I feel like, of course, like like any mother, I mean, this is my first baby. Where I'm just kind of, um, you know, treading water at certain <laughs> certain moments, and and just trying to to figure out uh, what's the best path for for this little boy and for our family. And you know, I don't feel like an expert at all in anything, especially since you know, as a Montessorian, I worked with three to six year olds, so that's kind of my area of expertise as far as studies go. You know, right, book studies, right, right. and and just being with these children in Mexico, but. I'm sure that, I'm sure that, I mean, every, cause everything that this little boy does just blows my mind. <laughs> um, so, and, and it's just changed, changed our life. For me, uh, the most important part is not, is not really to have him like be constantly giving him like these learning opportunities, but rather to create a peaceful home environment, right. which is a challenge when both of us are working and both of us are providing the care for him. Because sometimes I feel really frazzled, <laughs> like like I just don't. It's not like before when I could just start a project and finish it. Right. <laughs> as oh. I'm sure you know, as a oh, mother, yeah. those days like are that, those days are gone. Yeah. It's like I, that's why I'm working on projects at the strangest hours, and then I wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh my goodness, this does not look good. And it's like, well, it was after, it was like two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know, because it's like yeah. I get a lot done. I mean, my kids are four and five now, so they're definitely at an age now where they're a lot more they're able to actually help and participate or work on a project next to me and I don't have to worry about them crawling through and grabbing a mouthful of pins or something you know I mean it's not mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. dangerous anymore but yeah so you're you're that's a struggle that you're experiencing that it's just okay how do you 
you know, get the project. Yeah, I think it's it's because I want to be there emotionally. I want to, I want to be able to enjoy those little moments with my son. Sure. Um, but I, you know, there's the other part that has those kind of looming, the looming book manuscript deadlines, the second book on my shoulders. And, you know, I was, I was doing the final edits for the first book when he was only, you know, a month old. (laughs) And that's a time when you're basically, um, you know, feeding schedule is just very, um, intense and, (laughs) you know, and then, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew that he just an intense in a whole different way than the stage. He just started crawling a little over a week ago. So (laughs) now this is a whole different ball ball game. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's amazing. I remember when Abby, my oldest, um, started when she became mobile and I was like, wow, life is so different. Like from one day to the next, um, you know, you, I used to be able to just put her down and she'd stay in the same kind of area wherever she could roll. <laughs> yeah. And then once they start yeah. crawling, it's like, she's parking herself. She'd backed under the couch, you know, I mean, all this stuff. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. My goodness, you know, so yeah. It and changes. our thing with Finn is that we have, um, we have two cats and he's just fascinated by both of them. Uh, He'll crawl towards the little one. And she is a smart little cookie. She, you know, she likes him. She's a friendly cat, but she gets well out of the way when, right. when he <laughs> comes barreling towards her. Right. We have another cat who's a little more cantankerous and he doesn't move out of the way. Like you'd really have to perhaps step on him to actually get him to move. Like he, he lays his whole very large 20 pound body all across, um, you know, doorway entries, all things like that. And so, and so we're, we're thinking, you know, we, we really have to keep an eye on him with this cat. because right. <laughs> don't, We don't want him to be, um, you know, attacked by, by this, by this very large, um, and somewhat loving, but yet cantankerous cat. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, like our, our, it's, it's, it's different. Um, and we split. So how we work it is, is we, we split working time. Um, I try and get about four and a half hours of work in a day while Patrick, my husband takes care of Finn. Of course, that's punctuated by nursing sessions, but less so. I mean, he's he's, he's going more, yeah, going between feedings a little, you know, has a little more time between feedings now. And then, and then I'll be on full-time Finn duty while Patrick does his, his stuff for grad school. So, you know, we're working it out. Um, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's, um, it's a challenge because the pattern business is kind of ramping up too, which is of course, wonderful. I have, um, five new distributors that are, that are working with my patterns. So hopefully they'll be getting out to more and more little quilt shops around the country. They were picked up by a distributor in Australia, which is oh, super exciting. exciting. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's busy. We were thinking that eventually we're going to get to the point where, where we need to hire someone, you know, a a neighborhood, um, high schooler, someone to get, to do the shipping for us. Uh, because we still do, we still package all the patterns and, and, you know, put on the postage and, and walk it down to the mailbox and all that. So yeah, and that that is a um a crucial time too for any small business owner is when you get to that mm-hmm. point where you're trying to decide, okay, can we afford to hire someone and can we so it sounds like you guys are getting to the point where it will probably free you up tremendously to not have to worry about that shipping aspect. So in any situation really you would like to have full creative control. And and there comes a point where you just have to step back a little bit and allow for for your own quality of life and sanity, you know, just just have to learn how to delegate. Mm-hmm. I'm working with that. <laughs> 
because eventually it would be nice to to be working with with a few other people um, to to kind of lighten the load and and make make the designing part for me more enjoyable. Allow allow myself the time um, between nursing sessions <laughs> to to really uh, focus on what I enjoy and which is which is the actual design work. And so for I know for your book you have twenty patterns in the first, and so that that was something that. Um, you, how long did it take you to come up with all the projects for that book? Well, the projects actually were all um, conceived of and and uh, drawn out in their their little sketch form before I sent in my proposal to okay. to um, the to my agents and to publishers. So those those have kind of been in my head since oh I don't know February or March or so of two thousand eight. Um, so that's kind of when the projects kind of started to to um, grow, and they, you know, I, I sewed them up. I, I sew up sew up several several versions, and then I write directions, and I ship off the best version to the um, to the uh, publisher for photography and whatnot. And it's kind of exciting because those projects. If I, I'm not sure if Interweave might have this schedule up on their up on their site yet but um there's going to be a little uh a little book tour um a trunk show that's going to go around the country with with the, the actual samples um, oh, from fun. the book so so i think that several several stores are going to host that for the next few months so so i'll we'll we'll, we'll see if we can get um get the link to that um okay. Yeah, and so you can put it up on your on the blog. Yeah, so people want to go and see in person. Yeah, so people it. people live in those towns, they can they can go and check it out. And now, so I know this covers everything, so we can. It's not fair for those who haven't seen the book yet, and it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Um, oh, let's thank ta- you. Let's talk a little bit about the projects in the book, because you cover. I mean, there's quite a bit, from even a camera bag <laughs> and a skirt, mm-hmm. really lovely applique skirt. To well, I'll let you talk a little bit about, it, but t- kind of set it up and describe your book and what you what people can find between the covers here it's really a collection of of i would call them i like to call them substantial projects <laughs> um what i tried to do here was was put projects in the book that i felt like i could sell as individual patterns so i you know i have one of the ones that you might be particularly interested in is the little apron <laughs> yeah um, it's a teacup corset apron and um you know i I love this one. I actually could wear it when I was pregnant. <laughs> um, so it really does fit a variety. I mean, you see it on a skinny little model in the book here. It really does fit a wide variety of body types. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, you know, I, I tried to go with projects that, uh, that, that were substantial in some way. You know, the, the, you'll, I think in, in kind of uh, perusing the book, one thing that you'll notice is is that it takes several pages to get through the directions for some of these projects. Mm-hmm. So we certainly didn't skimp as far as quality of projects go. But yeah, so I have several um, sections. The first one is, is called domestic art. And in that section, there are placemats, uh, the, the little aprons in there. There's a really cool um, floor pillow cover that uses um, a doodling technique with um, with the the feed dogs down and uh, on your sewing machine. There's a, a lap quilt. There's a, like a no sew wall clock, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, just using a basic um, the sticky back um, fusible web or applique. 
there's a duvet cover, and there's also a section on projects for babies and children, which is it's one of my favorite sections. There's a, a different kind of baby carrier there for wintertime, some really fun children's totes, little curtains. There's an art smock, which is something that I designed when I was teaching in Mexico. It allows the children to put it on easily and take it off easily, and then you can just hang it with a um, on a hook um, for easy access. So again, like one of those fun Montessori-inspired projects, as well as the little the little apron and hat and a chef's hat that are in there. Um, the design for that came from many. Uh, different trial and error versions and figuring out what really worked best for, for children, what they were able to um, to wear easily, take on and off easily, and um, the, something that accomplished the job of keeping keeping them somewhat clean when they were doing their art or their cooking. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and also there's there's a uh, one my friend Melissa Crow, she's an incredible felt applique artist, and she um, contributed a a baby's book pattern to to the book, so you'll find that in there too, and it's just adorable. Let's see, there's there's a whole there it used to be the so the book um, originally was 30 patterns, and we had to pare it down just because of space. So there was there used to be a whole a whole chapter on bags, but they kind of um, morphed that into another section um, now, which is which is simply called the Pampered Artist. So you'll find a lot of bags in that section. There's a laptop bag. There's a, a camera bag. It's a structured camera bag for those of us who have larger SLR cameras. A really fun purse made out of wool and and a market bag, etc. Um, there are a few clothing items, uh, matching mother-daughter blouse and um, jersey garden skirt, which is one of those patterns where you can you make up you write up your own pattern based on the based on a template, so it'll be uh, tailor fit to to your body essentially. Um, and um, yeah, so that's kind of that's a, a, an overview. <laughs> well, and the great thing about this book, and I think the books that tend to be my favorites always offer variety. You know, where it's not just mm-hmm. a book. I mean, I have books about just bags that I like, but I like the mm-hmm. fact that. People who have followed you and followed your blog get to see you doing a variety of things and get to make the projects, you know, inspired by you. And it's, you know, if you want to make a pillow for somebody for, you know, for, um, you know, the tieback floor pillow um, cover, you know, for mm-hmm. as, a, as a present. Or if you have a daughter and you want to make yourselves matching um, blouses, you can. If you're an apron mm-hmm. freak like me. Uh, there's something for you there. I mean, it's, I I really like the variety and I think that must've been pretty fun for you to not be like, okay, it's all about aprons or it's all skirts to have that variety. Was that, did that make the project even more fun to have, to be able to? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and like, um, my second book, which I'm working on now, I realized as I, as I work up these samples and these projects, I'm thinking of things that, I would like to have in my own house for my own child and my own yeah. children. And likewise for this one, I, I work things up thinking like, what would I really like to have? Well, <laughs> you know, and what would, what do I think people would really like to have? So I'm not just designing for um, the sake of just putting something out there. I mean, I made this apron pattern because I just loved it. <laughs> and so it was fun to bring it to bring it to life. Um, like I made the camera bag because I 
you know, I just don't want to go around with a really frumpy, boring black camera bag. And I had lost my old one. So so I needed to make myself a a, a nice, cushy, uh, safe place for my for my camera. So I did. (laughs) And it was it was fun (laughs) in that way. And there's definitely things in here that are that are going to be Christmas gifts for family members. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, so so that 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 is a really fun part about it. Is, well, I think is, it's more authentic too, um, because if you were just trying to fill a book with projects, and yeah. they weren't projects that you really maybe you know you didn't really care whether or not you had these items or in your house. I think mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the designers who really design for themselves, like it's like okay, this is a blouse I love or a apron I love, mm-hmm, and exactly it, it comes through, and it's so much more authentic. And I imagine that the design process is that, is a way more fun. Um, because mm-hmm. I'm frankly to that point too, where I'm really not interested in making things that, you know, I don't love because it's like so much time goes into these handmade, you know, anytime you're making anything handmade. Yeah. So I think that's, that's wonderful that you're designing for yourself and, um, loving what you're making because then your audience is going to love it too. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that, that that's a key. And that, you know, the cha- another challenge uh, about this book, and it's something that I want to kind of make clear to people, because I'm not sure that it's that it's so clear when you read the book description, say on Amazon or whatever. It, it make it comes out loud and clear as an applique book, which it is. You'll definitely learn a lot of applique techniques and and different ways to just kind of be creative with those fabric scraps that you have that all of us have lying around somewhere in a bag. Right. <laughs> um, um, you but but for those who aren't really like into applique or or curious about it, this is a sewing project book. Like you can make all of these projects in here without the applique element if you so choose. You know they're they're designed to work both ways. And some of some of the applique elements in the book are very minimal. Um, like just clipping a motif from the actual fabric and and fusing it on. Um, mm-hmm. So you can just as easily make a more um, austere kind of a look to a bag, for example, without the applique. Um, there's one um, particular project in here that's a, um, that's a wool um, a, a wool uh, purse, and and that would be you know pretty stunning as a just in a in a beautiful wool fabric um, without. Uh, you know, without the addition of the floral applique. So you just, yeah, you really have, like, I encourage people and I encourage, hopefully that comes out loud and clear in the book to really um, take, take the projects into their own hands. You know, if, if you, if you want to, to, to come up with a totally different applique, um, you know, design to, to put on there. I mean, the templates are all included in the back, but you can, it's, you can just as easily make up your own or, or like I said, not, not do any at all. So I don't want people to be scared, scared away by the, by the fact that, um, that there is some applique in this book. Like I said, for everyone, it's, it's something that's, there's something in here for everyone. So. Yeah. And, and as you said, you don't have to do, I mean, you can do, you can make all these projects and skip the applique. Um, I mean, they're, they're definitely cool. Uh, I think really they enhance, they're enhanced by the applique, but you're right about that. I definitely got the impression when going through the book that these are things that you, you do encourage people to kind of make them their own projects. And I think that's really inspiring. And I also want to thank you and interweave for putting the patterns in the back of the book. I was just at the, um, the copies at the office supply store the other day 
trying to blow up patterns. And I always, it, it seems like, you know, I never get it in one or two tries. It takes a lot of, Oh you know, yeah. So I think that, um, I always applaud the, um, you know, and I know the authors oftentimes don't have the control to make that decision. Sometimes it's not, you know, authors might prefer to have those patterns in a pack in the back of the book, but you know, with, um, the economy as it is, you know, um, you know, Publisher, it's are, nice not to have to um, use the gas and the extra well, extra few dollars yeah, to, to blow so them you, up. <laughs> so, for those who are you know curious about that, when you buy So Liberated, you're going to get a pack in the back with all the patterns in, in you know included, and and that's great too because that means you don't have any added expense except your fabrics. It doesn't have a big box that comes with it full of fabric. Wouldn't that be nice? So actually, I should tell you that I am going to be doing at least one uh, giveaway on my blog in which I will give away a copy of the book as well as um, all of the fabric and supplies oh, needed to make one of the projects. What a lovely So keep, Yeah, so ch check that out. I'm not sure where that's going to fall on the blog tour yet. We haven't uh, firmed that up, but um, I'll definitely let you know. So um, Your star has been rising fairly quickly, I would say, because it was not long ago that we're talking on the phone. You're in Mexico. I'm raving about this um, pattern. And Was that your first apron pattern? Because I know you've had other... Emmeline, yeah. Yeah, the Emmeline. The your first. It was a major hit. And uh, now you have a book in your hands that you wrote. Uh, that's got to be pretty uh -huh. cool. To, I mean, because you did that inside of, was it two years? Inside of two years, you... Yeah, less than less than two years. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's been a little... Um, I, 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 sometimes I'm just totally incredulous. I, I, I don't... I'm so surprised <laughs> that I'm at this point in my life where... And I'm just so grateful because I've always wanted to be able to be in a place where I could work at home, um, and be with my son and, and by, <laughs> by various things falling into place, that's, that's just come to pass. And I, I didn't expect to be able to do this, um, so young, of course, like, so we rely a lot on, um, as a family on, on what I can bring in through, through the sewing, through the design work. Um, cause my husband's in grad school right now. And of course that, that, is enough payment to, you know, eat beans and rice for, <laughs> and, and maybe pay the rent, but probably not. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, it's like, it's like we were in a position as a family where this either I could have made it work or I, we would have had to put off um, having children for a while longer. So I could, I could um, continue to be teaching in the classroom. Um, and, you know, I, I very much love my experience, um, teaching in Mexico with the children. Um, and that's a whole different way of being creative, being with a group of young children. And I feel like now I kind of have the best of both worlds because I can allow my own artistic, uh, side to come out in the work that I do here. And I feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually making a living as an artist. <laughs> it's exciting. And, but I also get that to be have that creative side of working with children and just being with my son. Of course, he's still little, but it brings about uh, a real balance to my days, I feel. Oh, yeah. Uh, and before you know it, he's going to be giving you his opinions on your designs, which is a really interesting yeah. experience, too. <laughs> I started doing that very young. She'd be like, Mom, something's missing. Like when I <laughs> she'd wake up the next morning, I'd say, so what do you think of my latest art quilt? She's like, oh something's missing and I and the thing is <laughs> oh that's so cryptic well, well, well the thing is she 
would say that and I would ask her, because I, th- I laughed when she first said that. And I, I did this one with a kite on it. There was The string was hanging off the quilt. And I, uh-huh. thought, I thought I was being very clever, you know, with this like kind of interactive quilt. And she uh-huh. said, well, mom, something's missing. I, and I said, I laughed and I said, well, what do you mean? You know, wh- tell me what's missing. She goes, mom, curious George lost his kite this way. So what are you talking about? She was like, there's nothing, there's no holder. I didn't have anything. I just had a string. I didn't have anything. You know, when you have a kite, you always have something your string is wound around. And oh my I wasn't gosh. thinking that through. And she is a detailed person and she really, you know, thought that through. And so I said, okay, let me, let me just a second. And so I went and I got a little dowel, a very, the, you know, the smallest one I had and cut it a little piece off and wound the string around that, glued it in place. And so then the, there was a holder. <laughs> that the string could be wound around great. and she stood next to it she said i said well is this better and she said well let me try it and so she stood <laughs> she me hold it up she stood next to the quilt and held onto the string and she said oh this is a lot better this is really a lot better. and the thing about it is now that is the, my favorite part of that quilt that kite with the, and that story Aww, that, that's it, and such I, a sweet story i listen to my kids and i think that's one of the things too that a lot of times children what children say, we're like, oh, that's so cute, and they get patted on the head or something. But, and I know you know this because you've, you've spent so much time of your life, you know, teaching children uh-huh. and interacting. But I think that one of my secret weapons, seriously, with the stuff that I do is I show my children and I hear what they say and I, I really listen to it. And sometimes, I mean, I don't always take, you know, advice from four and five-year-olds about my next design choice. But oftentimes, though, the questions they ask or the comments they make do very dramatically. They're very things. logical in what certain ways, aren't they? And I think, you know, and so Curious George has been an influence, I guess. I never imagined that he would be a design influence um, in my life, this little monkey, but <laughs> but he is, you know, and it's like stuff like that that is, you know, um, mm-hmm. PBS kind of crawling into our, um, you know, learning environment here, but it's it's really fun when you... So when Finn starts to tell you what he thinks about the latest apron or quilt or whatever, it's going to be really interesting to hear to what see he how says. that affects my yeah. And, and like the discussions that you'll have because at first they have very limited vocabulary. You know, I mean, it's like you're just uh-huh. you know, one or two words, and then when they start to tell you like actually reason and actually be able to um, explain their opinions, it's so fun. And so I just love. Yeah having this kind of like kind of craft club at my house um with these <laughs> it's so fun so you're 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 gonna have a blast and um you know, oh, it's I'm gonna, so excited yeah it's I mean because you're already having a blast and I think it just gets better and when children can go to the bathroom by themselves and feed themselves <laughs> yeah. like you have this whole other you know um it's it's just an interesting I mean every stage is fun but it's uh yeah, so and I think that's one of the things too that uh, I can't wait to see what you create as your child grows because all these experiences you have, you're in a creative space and at a point where um, and have the talent and ability to be able to then kind of let that no, go right you. into your work and you know. I yeah, well, I'm not, and that's already I feel like my my uh, status as mama is is kind of uh, influencing certain things. Um, one of them is that I I've kind of branched into a few children's patterns um and i anticipate to to continue to add to that as as the years go by one thing i'm really going to be trying to do is is designing some some clothing that is that is comfortable um that is not frustrating to put on and take off and 
that can actually be worn by boys. Now, as a mother oh, of, a, yeah. of a son, <laughs> I see an absolute dearth in patterns, you know, cute patterns for, for little boys. I'm really more influenced by a, a European aesthetic uh, right. when it comes to children's clothing, whereas I certainly look at the boutique, boutique girl so, so little patterns and think, oh, that's cute. You know, I, it's probably not something that I would design myself with all of the ruffles and the, all the different kinds of fabric. It's just my own personal aesthetic. So I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be just looking around for design inspiration and, and, um, Every once in a while, I hope to come out with a pattern now that that can be worn perhaps by both little girls and little boys. But um, but but yeah, some 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 nice comfortable comfortable pattern um, clothing for for kids. So yeah, that's, and I think what you kind said of a new direction about um, them being easy to take on and off. That's key too because when children are learning independence, if they have some really fancy ruffled twelve stamps and zippers, you know, kind of very complicated Mm -hmm. it's frustrating for them to even because they want to be independent and if they can't get it on or off by themselves it's it's kind of frustrating so you've you've nailed it as far as you know what the needs are out there for these little yeah and you know every child is is going to be particular about (laughs) about their clothing (laughs) so um you know i i plan on on having little tricks up my sleeve that i can pull out if my son's like you know i don't really like that what you made for me mom Like it, it doesn't have clear as George or whatever, you know, whatever right, the, the right. request may be. Um, I, I'm really inspired by some stuff that I saw, the work that I saw in Alicia Paulson's first book where she, she uses um, the, she prints off photos onto fabric oh, and, yeah, yeah. and uses those. I, I really think that it has a lot of potential. Like if I were to sew, at least right now, I know what my son's preferences are for, for our small cat, Amelie. Um, if I were to have a picture of Amelie now that I, that I applicate onto the inside of a coat or whatever, I'm sure that he would wear it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so like just a little, little tricks like that but um but yeah just to strive for for comfort and 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 also I'm looking at ways where I can um give instructions and help people make clothes I mean I'm I'm figuring this out myself too um but figure out ways to do this without a serger um, because ultimately, like the most the most comfortable for children uh, cl- for children's clothing is to be is to have a knit um, made have it made in a knit fabric and have it be flat locked. So there's no seam that sticks out. Right. Um, so you know, I'd like to experiment with ways to do that um, to make a c- garment that doesn't have seams that stick out to make something that's just really comfortable, but that can be easily made on a normal sewing machine. So you know, I'm I'm working around with that. Um, and and maybe a few of the patterns in my in my second book will will have have those tips in them. So well, we'll look forward um, to that because that's I think that's I think that's great because there is a need because there's not a lot of especially for little boys. My nephew um, is two, and I know my sister is you know crafty, and she would love to see more patterns for little boys. So you're going to be definitely you know there's going to be a lot of mamas out there thanking you. <laughs> This contribution, you know, and I want to back up a little bit and talk about just um, the experience because, I mean, as we as we, we've already covered the fact that this has been kind of a whirlwind, you know, inside of two years, you go from living in Mexico, teaching to and doing some patterns kind of as a side job to a full blast um, pattern business that's growing. You have distributors now. You have your book out. You have a second book in the works um, almost completed. And um, was this how, how challenging was it for you to to land a book deal and kind of get this started? Um, was it your pattern business that kind of opened the doors to 
to that opportunity or if you could talk because there might be some designers at home that are like you know hoping someday that this kind of thing can happen for them so I don't know if you have any advice or anything you can share from your experience yeah um so for me it, it it wasn't it wasn't very difficult actually because um one of my friends who also has is a blogger and had a book deal um her agent was was looking for other craft book authors at the time. And so she just passed along my name and, and then I was in contact directly with the agent. And at that point in time, um, I needed to write up a proposal. So I, you know, I was in contact with the agent. I gave her my idea. She said she was very encouraging and in, um, having me work up these, you know, proposal. And, um, and so, that's where it went for me from there. I mean, it was, it was challenging to write the proposal. It's just a really daunting task um, because you, you write down all of your hopes and all of these great ideas and you have to package it in a certain way that's acceptable to the publisher. Right. You have to think beyond your, your, just your creative uh, work to how do I sell my creative work, (laughs) which is, which is a whole nother level. (laughs) And some people really like doing that. Some people don't. I'm kind of in between on the fence. You know, I'm, I'm not really big into marketing or whatnot, but there are certain parts of it that I enjoy, like, um, you know, designing a a website, for example, although my husband's the one who actually, I just draw it out and my husband's the one who figures out how to make it look like I want it to look. (laughs) Um, So, um, so yeah, but that can be hard. And that was really hard for me because I had to, I had to essentially sell myself, sell my idea and, and writing. Um, And I even hesitate to do that on my blog because I still see, I see my blog as my personal space and not as a, a selling spot for my, for my patterns. Right. I mean, certainly the two feed in together, but because I started my blog before I sold was was selling patterns, I still like pretty strongly feel that, that it's a place where, where, you know, uh, it's a place of friends as opposed to uh, um, a marketing tool. <laughs> right. So, um, so, you know, I just, yeah, that was, that was hard. Um, but, but we, you know, I got, I got some books on the subject and, and between my husband and I, we, uh, we, we figured it out <laughs> and, and sent it off to my agent. And from then, let's see, I sent it off probably the end of July or maybe the beginning of August uh, of 2008. My agent already had some publishers lined up to look at it. And I had a, a deal for two books within two weeks. Wow, that's excellent. That's really great. So, I, you know, and that said, it was probably, um, I mean, that was before the economy kind of kind of went went to pot. So, um, I, you know, I don't I don't know how busy the pub, the crafting book publishing uh, industry is right at the moment, but but I I kind of was probably one of the last ones to get on, <laughs> to get on the wagon. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, that was my experience with it. And, and all in all, it's been a really positive experience. I would say that the, the, the act of writing the book and, and of now very soon having a book out in the world, it just opens up the space for me uh, because of course, Interweave has a pretty large distribution it's going to be, uh, the book's going to be in the crafting section in places like Barnes and Noble and all those big stores. 
They have ins with other low quilting shops that I wouldn't as a very small independent designer. Right. So, I mean, I think that for me and 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 my goal of making this something that can can sustain a, a family um, is really good. Like it, um, as as far as the as as the pay for what you would get for writing a book is is you know is 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 kind of a I, how do I say this? Like it's it's just it's it's not very much. It's um, compared to to uh, writing the time that I was been writing and publishing an individual pattern. I would I would um, it's it's a better use of my time to um, certainly to to just publish um, individual patterns for sale. But this is this just gives me a place where I can put my own words on, on the paper. And especially in the second book, which is going to be more heavily annotated, it's, it's going to be really kind of a mixture of a parenting book, um, gentle parenting and, um, and crafting. So, so that, that's the space that, that I, I don't have in selling an individual pattern. You know, I just can't add that kind of information. Well, um, and I, I think this sheet. will also, what this is going to do too, is it raises your profile and people who see your book and follow you. Then, so it's because some people aren't on the internet. There's crafters out there that right, not, not right. everyone is on the internet, especially the older crafters that um, are going to see this book and enjoy it. They then might go look for you on the internet or look for your patterns that you're selling. Yeah. So it, it yeah. And that's, that's my hope, you know, I mean, overall, it's been a, just a really, really positive experience. And the people who I worked with at Interweave and then continue to work with, they're just really, really kind, understanding people. These are, these are women who um, were twiddling their thumbs while I, you know, I was trying to write final things, you know, the, the acknowledgement page and whatnot. And, and just this new, new mama, newborn, baby fog (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people understand you just I you know day day blends in with night you're not sure what you know when is day when is night when you have a newborn you just you know it's just a a whole different world and and you know they were very very patient with me through that phase and and I I felt like I was I've been working with um with kindred spirits well <laughs> that that's great because if you had someone that wasn't understanding of your role as a mother that would be very difficult to to do this project and still remain sane if you had people yeah. pumping at the bit saying hey hurry up we don't care that you just had a child i mean you know so it sounds like yeah it's a yeah fit for you because um well that's what our society is, tends tends to say right like it, six yeah. weeks and that's yeah. that's that i mean if you're lucky if you get six weeks and if your job is there when you get back and <laughs> it's, i just feel really really fortunate because i know that I mean, gosh, even in Mexico, they, they are, they get, um, paid maternally for at least four months. Yeah. So. I think every other country seems to be, well, not every country, but there are several countries that are way more civilized when it comes to motherhood and I families know. because it's so, I mean, and the divorce rate so high in this country. And I often think that the pressure that, I mean, as a society, American society, we don't really support the whole family structure. We make it very difficult as a society for, Families to be successful and to be ner- feel and for families to be relaxed and happy yeah. and enjoy time together. I know, really, I know. It's really a hard thing, and I know I didn't change my um, my you know career didn't shift around. Well, I shifted it eventually, but I think I was kind of um, I was working full time. I had two children, um, mm-hmm. and I was like my husband would drive 
we worked opposite shifts, so we didn't have to use daycare. And it was insane, mm-hmm. though. Like the ins- just our, our schedules were insane. And he would bring the whatever baby was nursing. He would bring down. I would jump into the back of the car, like, and I had mm-hmm. my little breast pump backpack with me. I mean, it was really hard and very hectic. And I mean, we got through that. But I think that um, what you're, the lifestyle that you're portraying on your website and kind of the choices you made, I think are inspiring to other women to know that there's, there are, you know, you can definitely make choices um, earlier than I did because now I have, I work from home and I love it. I'm totally available mm-hmm. to my kids and it's just changed my life in so many ways. And I think it's like- hard. And I think, I think that the internet for us as mothers has, has opened up several opportunities. So the one is to connect with each other um, through blogs and, um, and whatnot. And the other is, is the ability to perhaps a job that you would have had to go into an office before right. and now you can do from home. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty thankful for the, for the, for the internet right now, but uh, I, and, and, but on the other hand, like I, it's kind of a vice too. Right? Oh, like, yeah. I have to force myself to, to turn off the computer, to actually right. turn it off. Not just, right. not just let the screensaver go on, to turn thing off and, and be fully present with my son. Um, you know, I, I resist getting on Twitter and stuff like that because I think that it would just, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't be a, <laughs> it would just be so hard right. to to balance right. all of that. Um, so you know, I have I, I my my feeling about it is is very positive. I I hope that that other women like I have found that you know find other mothers who they can um, shoot an email to if they have a question about something or or, or whatever. You know, just find that open community um, and, and also, you know, just be able to put on, put on the brakes when, when that's necessary. But, you know, it's a, I feel pretty fortunate because part of it is choices and part of it is luck. Um, right. Because I feel like, um, you know, had I not designed say the Emmeline apron, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. And, you know, I, I, I can certainly, I, I certainly am capable of making certain choices, but I realize that so many people just aren't able to make those. They don't have the choices available to them. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's just like, I, I, I don't know. I, I always feel like when I write about certain things on my blog, I always think about the women who, you know, are working to, um, to low paid, um, low wage jobs just to, just to keep things on the table. And like a, a mom at, who was working at, at checkout at the grocery store was, um, was talking to me about, about Finn and she was talking about her son who just started to walk. And, and, um, you know, I just think, gosh, that's, you know, that's hard. Yeah. It's yeah. Cause it's hard. like you, when you miss, when you miss stuff, it's, uh, it is, hard. Yeah. I know, you know, my kids were, um, I think Abby was three or four and Amelia was, I've lost track now of how long I've been home, but, um, it's a hard thing, even though my husband was the one who was home when I wasn't there. So one of us were with the children at all times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's still right. like, you feel like you're missing so much when you're working at a job. But, um, I think, yeah. as you said, I mean, a lot of people, um, don't have, like I did this podcast and, and I've, you know, been doing like crafty things for, I did it on the side for, you know, it's going on four years now. So I kind of slowly mm-hmm. built something and mm-hmm. um, I, so I, you get really creative when you leave your job, you have to come up with other ways. So I started a loom business. So I make wooden peg looms. Um, yeah. Sizes. And you know, that was something that I didn't imagine I'd ever do, but I'm like, okay, what else can I do to bring some money in? And, um, yeah, it's all about it's, when you make the decision like that to, um, 
to say goodbye to a, a normal work <laughs> uh, work schedule, you you really have to have your eggs in many many different baskets. Oh yeah, it's like you have various <laughs> revenue streams, and none of them are going to be. I mean, I do not make what I made as a reporter, um, where I knew every week I was guaranteed a certain amount of money, and um, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, though, for me, the pay is I, I am so much happier. And I love yeah. freelance writing and I want to get working on a book. That's my goal for 2010. And it's like, you know, there's so many things now that I can do that I couldn't do That's when great. I was working yeah. outside the home. So, um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about your blog and your decision to, you really share a lot about your family and put photos of your, your son. Um, and mm-hmm. a lot of people, there's some people who change the names of their ch- children or never use pictures of their children. And for you, um, you've decided to be, you know, kind of show, let, let people in and see, you know, how you're raising mm-hmm. your, your child and um, just a little bit about your family life and also your creative life. What, um, what led you to make that decision to let people see how you're living? Well, you know, I figure that it's it's more dangerous for me to put my son in the car and drive to the grocery store than it is to have his his uh, picture on the internet. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I true. as a, my own personal philosophy, I'm, I'm, I really try not to be a worrier. Um, of course, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be flippant about things either. I, I realize that there are certain risks. Like, for example, um, my, my crawling son, you know, we did put plugs in the, in the outlets and whatnot. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty aware that there are, there are risks, but I want to keep them in perspective. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, with, with my family life being on, on display as it were on, on the blog, um, um, I, I haven't fully decided what's going to happen once Finn is a little older. Um, I think that, um, his wishes will dictate what, what goes on there right now. It's a really, really handy tool to be able to post pictures and video of him. So like my grandparents who, who, um, don't travel, uh, who live in California can see him and, you know, both, both thin, thin sets of grandparents can be on there and, and, um, it's a nice way to keep in touch uh, with with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I realize my readership is is wider than that. But also for me, as someone who's who lived abroad for three years, I shouldn't say abroad, um, you know, south of the border for three years. You know, I came back and I was pregnant and pretty sick. I I had a pretty um, pretty crummy first trimester. Um, with the morning sickness and whatnot, I didn't, wasn't getting out much, you know, and then I had to work on the book. I feel like a lot of, of my, my blog is my own personal connection to, um, to a group of moms that I, that I, um, don't yet have here in Durham. Now I, that said, I've, I've been meeting some really, really wonderful people and, and certainly am, um, branching out in that, in that way. But, but, um, you know, I, I ha- I'm generally positive about about the human spirit, and I really don't get many people who who comment negatively or or who, who make it a space that's um, that makes me feel vulnerable. Um, so, um, you know, there there are occasions when I've had when I've had someone um, who's who's very critical of of this or that, and and you know, it, it affects me. It, I'll I'll feel kind of um, well, I don't know. Just like, like I, I wonder if that if if people who do that would 
if they would have had said something like that in person or if it's just the anonymity that the blogging world can um can have that that allows them to feel like they can be they can make certain those comments um now that's a, that does not happen very often but when it does i start to think oh you know is this is this uh is this the wisest choice for me like i have this instinctual desire to pull back right, right. yeah and i think um, that's any of us have ever had a negative comment that's the first reaction is like oh maybe is this worth it like you know yeah but then at the end of the yeah. day, you know, it sounds like... Yeah, and especially because um, I know other bloggers have experienced this. Is uh, Those of us who try and put forth a, kind of a positive view of things, um, I know there are a lot of mommy bloggers who, who find a lot of solace in, in, um, in talking about the difficult, the difficult things and and kind of, um, you know, complaining about their kids. And I, I understand that if that's what, if, if, you know, if that helps you get through and that's great, you should, you know, you should be able to, um, to voice your opinion in that way or to vent in that way. But I, I, I don't, that's not my, um, my way of, of relaxing and, and settling into motherhood. I, I kind of want it to be a positive, um, experience online. So I try and portray the positive to, um, uh, you know, give po- positive, fun ideas. Um, and of course, you know, I, I say when, when days might be hard, but I don't, I really try not to dwell on it. And I think that that can give people the impression that, that, that things are perfect around here and in my life. And they're not, <laughs> you know, like they're very clearly not to me. Um, and we kind of joke that our friends, um, my, my, my friends who are actual real life, um, friends whose homes I go to dinner at, you know, they, they often joke at at uh, at how you know they know us and and the discrepancies between what is portrayed on the screen and what we who we are in person is funny <laughs> you know like but like I can't put my entire life online so I just choose the the nicer parts <laughs> well, but as a blogger I mean that's really your choice you know to decide how you want to portray your life. And I know that I know I take pictures just about every day of my daughters and what they're doing. And I could very easily, you know, put out um, a daily chronicle of what they're doing and what's going on. And I've just chosen, you know, to be to be more limited with what I share mm-hmm, about my mm-hmm. personal family, because my, my focus really is more in, you know, telling people what's going on in the craft world and more craft is the crafting. Focus. Right. It's, it's not it's never been like a mommy blog or anything like that. And of mm-hmm. course, I'm a mother. So that obviously is a very strong influence and a very Definitely. major focus in my life. However, my blog is a little bit different um, where people have more of a lifestyle blog or it's more like a, a just a snapshot of the life they're living. Um, you know, and it's that's the cool right. part about this is that we each get to decide exactly and um there's always going to be yeah and like i said that you know once once finn and our you know our future any future children are older then i feel like they they certainly would have a say in that um and and i you know i might be a little a little more restrictive in um once in in his photos once he gets to be a a recognizable little you know uh, little uh, child as opposed to just a a butterball baby (laughs) so um you know i don't know i i i'm kind of leading that to um to the future to decide what um what direction i go in that but i i always want to be open because even though i don't have the time to respond to all the questions that i receive or to the you know the, the the comments i I, I, I like the fact that, 
that I can sort of still be in this parenting slash education world without being in the classroom. Um, that's an important part of who I am. And I like to think that perhaps something or an idea that I put out on the blog might be helpful in some way and, and just keeps me connected and rooted to that, um, to my background. So... Well, and I'm sure that, well, I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, what a negative comment does, but I'm sure that you must feel um, just, it must be a great feeling too, when you can post something and you get, a, you know, all these great comments from people who are cheering you on, you know, because that's, I, when I look at your blog, that's a majority of the comments are people saying, hey, I love that, or what a cute photo, or, you know, saying very positive, nice things, and that must be. Yeah, really definitely. Cool. I mean, people just, people are good, you know? <laughs> Like, uh, I, I think that, I think that I, I, maybe I think that more than, more than most people nowadays, we don't have a television. So, um, I don't like, and, and I'm not on, on the, the New York times or I, I kind of have in a certain way, closed myself off to, to the media. Um, in that way, um, I, I certainly am connected through, through blogs and whatnot, but I just don't get those sensationalistic, um, you know, the, the fear mongering type of, type of things that that go on. So that's been really helpful. You know, (laughs) my mom will call me up and say, you know, have you, have you heard about this or that? Or, or, you know, what about this, this vaccination or that, you know, the flu or this or that. And, you know, I, my response is always just, you know, I haven't heard about it. (laughs) You know, like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, as my a, mom keeps, my mom keeps me on track. She keeps you, that's your, that's your, news, your mom is your, your number one news source, you know, and it's, it, it, it's really, it's really interesting because as, um, when I was working at the newspaper every day, like in the office, I, I'm, it's amazing now how I will, I read the newspaper kind of like they pile up and I'll go through several in one sitting. Mm-hmm, uh, I don't, mm-hmm. it's not a daily practice as, as it used to be where I would like have to have it every day and I'd have to go through mm-hmm. it, know all the latest news. And I have to say that my stress level has actually gone way down because I'm not focused yeah. on how many people were killed in an explosion overseas. And all the, I mean, I, I still care about that a great deal and it's very exactly. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, and I listen to NPR in my car and I oftentimes I'll be going out to, interview somebody and um i have to be careful because sometimes i just can't listen to npr because if they have a story of a um a soldier that was killed and they're interviewing the family and i am like a completely in sobbing wreck by the time i get to where i yeah yeah i mean and it's it's like it's true it's true that this you know that these um things happen and, and are happening in the world and but you know we get to we get to it's pretty it's kind of empowering thinking that you know this is this is how you can choose to have to focus your own family and and not to focus on the negative and to focus on the positive and and um and ultimately like it's it's focusing on what is positive in humanity that i hope will will make my children want to work towards a better better future um you know with that hope um that 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 they're that people are good um people might might think me naive but you know i've like i've i've lived i've lived abroad and in europe i've i've lived in in uh poverty in mexico and and you know i i understand like i have i've certainly had my my time obsessing over news and whatnot but but it's but really it's the it's the the people um who matter and the people who you spend your time with during the day are 
um, a big part of your your happiness factor, and it's right. it's great if you don't if you don't have to um, to have that that burden of of worry over you all the time. You can just enjoy being together. So well, it's nice to also be able to set the tone of your own family as opposed to letting a little box um, with some videos right. coming across. You know, be setting the tone. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think that's wonderful. So how long have you been without a TV? Oh, um, since I left my parents' house That's great. since I was 18. That's great. That's great. So I guess it's, it's been a while. Uh, we just never had one. Um, my, my husband was in a dorm room with a bunch of guys, and the TV was always someone else's. And then we moved out, and we didn't have any money, so we weren't getting a TV. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, when you it just so happened. And then we moved to Mexico, and, well, we weren't getting a TV there. Um, well, you save so. tons of money because then you're not paying for cable, and you're not paying for – There you go, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's, I think that um, – you know, the, and really, the internet keeps you plenty connected. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I feel. You can watch TV on the internet too, which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. But um, yeah. right, right, right. Because TV is always creeping in. Do you? Oh, you know what? Do you have any other? We know about your book. Do you have any other patterns that are coming out? What can people look for? Um, well, so I have. I, I just put out three new patterns in October. Um, it says uh, one of them is a woman's tunic pattern. Um, and, and then two children's patterns, one of which is a, a unisex, um, oh, asymmetrical button, button top, um, and, and a tunic and a twirly skirt, um, for the, the young ladies. Oh, yes, I've seen, um, I've seen those on, yeah, those are fantastic. So that's, <laughs> so yeah, those, that's the new round of patterns. And I'm hoping to, um, to come out with, uh, a few more next May, um, probably look for maybe, um, one or two more children's patterns and, and another, another woman's, woman's uh, tunics or a shirt uh, dress type pattern. So, so we'll see. Those are in the works. Um, trying to, trying to get those designed um, while also writing book number two, the manuscript for book number two is due in April. So things will be busy around here at the beginning of the year, but um, after that, I hope that, I hope that I'll be able to settle into a little more of a, of a groove and um, and an, enjoy the design work and as and um, and just in, enjoy the baby because he's he's moving fast now. <laughs> it's harder to keep up with him. <laughs> well, and the fun thing too is you don't really have a background in in um like you didn't go to school for fashion design, which is really inspiring no. too for those listening at home. So you, it is possible for those. No, I'm definitely, definitely self-taught. I mean, my mom taught me what I, what I know about sewing and, and I've, I've gleaned information from, from there. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, and, and, and this is, this has been fun. Um, I've, it, the book put me in contact with um, with a wonderful pattern maker, and she, so a pattern maker. So because I don't have the background, I could certainly teach myself how to do this, but I just don't have the time right now. What she, what she does is um, takes my design, my pattern, and grades it into different um, different sizes. Uh, so okay. so that's been fun, and 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 I, I'm able to expand because of my contact with her now. Um, so I can design a, an outfit that fits me, um, that, that I can do. And, you know, the pattern pieces, the, the construction and all those details. And then I, I ship it off to her and, and she makes it into all these different sizes, oh, which is great. really convenient. Yeah. And you can go on so, to the next project. So, and that yeah. again comes back to delegation where when you mm-hmm. get big enough to, um, branch out and collaborate with others, it really serves you well. So yeah. 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 Well, thanks. So, so that's fun. 
Well, thank you so much for the, the inspiration and for your contributions. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun talking. Yeah, it's good to have you back. And I think you're just going to continue to inspire people out there to go out and start doing living the creative life they want for themselves. And that's uh, so important these days when people feel, sometimes people feel stuck. And uh, I think you're, it's a great example. you're a great example of someone who's kind of set some goals and gone out there and did exactly what you said you were going to do. And that's really wonderful. So, thank you so much. A special thanks to Meg for coming back on Craft Sanity and sharing her story and kind of updating us on how things have gone since her days in Mexico. I wish her all the best in continued success, and I hope to see some more apron patterns along the way. I really do enjoy her apron patterns. And for those of you at home who want to get your hands on a copy of So Liberated, it's a great book, I'd like to invite you to head over to the blog at craftsanity.com and under the blog post about episode 110, leave a comment about this episode. And what I'm going to encourage you to do is post something, go public with some kind of goal that you have for 2010. And I want to write a book this year. And it's kind of, it's, it seems crazy to say that because if you know I get to 2011 and I haven't done it, then I'm going to look kind of like a loser. But <laughs> that's the risk I'm going to take because I'm pretty determined to do this. And I still have some things to sort out as far as what publishing route I try to take. So there I went first, post whatever you hope to do next year and get in the drawing for a copy of Meg's book. And also I'll be drawing two winners. First name drawn will get Meg's book, So Liberated. The other will get a copy of Stitch magazine. So two nice prizes. So head over there and just go public with something. I don't know what it is about public accountability, but it seems to kind of hold my feet to the flame a little bit. So, so far it's worked for me and um, I highly recommend it. I want to thank the sponsors for this episode. And I just want to take a moment to thank Marianne from Wabi Sabi Brooklyn her jewelry is really fantastic. She basically takes coins and she's decoupaging like pennies and dimes and, and turning them into really elegant jewelry. And these are things that we wouldn't typically think of as coins as fantastic jewelry, but she does just a great job using recycled paper and other ephemera and really doing some wonderful transformations. So you can find Marianne and her fabulous jewelry over at wabisabibrooklyn.com. Also, she's on uh, Etsy, wabisabibrooklyn.etsy.com. And we'll have a link to her Flickr photos. And also, she's going to do a giveaway, which I'm pretty excited about. This is a nice giveaway. There's going to be three winners chosen at random. And all you have to do to enter is become a fan of Wabi Sabi Brooklyn on her Facebook site. So we'll put a link on craftsanity.com so you can easily enter that contest. This is a sweet prize, so check it out. I also want to thank Peggy Lee, who is a new sponsor. Her designs have been featured on TV's Private Practice, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and in magazines uh, including Oprah and Lucky, which is pretty awesome. And she creates feminine wearable designs, and you can see them for yourself over at www.peggylee.com, and that's P-E-G-G-Y-L-I dot com. Also, I'd like to invite you to check out her Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Peggy Lee Creations, or you can read her blog, where she gives tips and kind of behind-the-scenes information about running a small business. You can find that at peggylee.blogspot.com. So thank you to both of these lovely jewelry designers for sponsoring Craft Sanity. I really appreciate that. I also want to thank, I had another donation come in, which I was not expecting. 
and that was pretty awesome. And so I want to give a little shout out to Linda in Spokane, Washington. Thank you very much. She also bought a loom from me, and I'm thinking, geez, this is like quite an awesome thing. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. If you would like to become a sponsor of an upcoming episode of Craft Sanity, visit the sponsor page, this top left corner, there's a link. Our email address is sponsors at craftsanity.com. I think the jewelry designers that have been sponsoring the show on a regular basis have been pretty successful with doing contests on their Facebook sites. It seems like a pretty great strategy for getting traffic to your site and uh, running your own contest, kind of having control of the contest. And I'm totally open to that. So if you have any creative ideas about how we can work together, I really love to help promote handmade businesses. I've kind of been doing this kind of handmade podcast venture. Now I have a handmade loom business. I can really appreciate there isn't always a lot of extra money for advertising. So I'm trying to keep things affordable and still keep my podcast going. So contact me if you have any creative ideas about what we can do to kind of help each other out. And let's see, I think I'm going to get through the holidays. And at this point, I have not done my next interview yet for the next episode. So I'm going to see if I can sneak one in before the holidays and try to come out with something next week but it's going to kind of we have a series kind of perpetual christmas celebrations that are going to be going on with a series of family parties i think four days in a row we are going to be celebrating the holiday and while that's going to be a lot of driving a lot of back and forth i feel very fortunate to have the family to celebrate with so that's what i tell myself when i'm feeling a little bit run down on day three or four of the party parade so i'd like to wish all of you a happy holiday season as well and i will be back after the holidays with some more inspiring chats with inspiring people. You can hang around after the music if you'd like, and if you'd rather just check out now, that's totally fine. I'll never know. So I'll be back soon with another episode of Craft Sanity. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Okay, folks, I'm going to do a short after show. Seriously, I have um, a lot of stuff. I have to make a loom, so I can't take too long here. Well, I have my first day of running my kind of first practice with my team on Tuesday. So I'm, I'm anxious about that. I think that's going to be fun. I'm trying out a new pair of shoes. That's one of the perks here. They give you a pair of shoes, which is kind of a big deal because the running shoes are very expensive. So I have a $100 pair of Brooks Adrenaline GTS 10s that I am trying to break in. I'm a little skittish about this because I've been a very loyal Asics 2140 where I've been sporting Asics for the last few years and I've just kind of gone with the there were 2120s and 2130s and now 2140s. We'll see. We'll see how the Brooks stack up. Uh, they're event sponsors for this, the Fifth Third Riverbank run. And that's what I'm on. I'm on the 10 member Road Warrior team this year. And um, so that's the excitement that's starting. I've been running and cross-training, and um, I'm finally well. Like, I, I really feel actually healthy, and I'd say that the best I felt in a couple months. Um, I kept getting the virus that was going around, I think because I wasn't sleeping enough, so finally I'm starting to feel better, which I'm very happy about. I did a YouTube video um, showing how to make these dragon boat ornaments. As I, I think I mentioned it on the last podcast, so it's been a couple weeks now since I, I did that. And uh, thanks to you, those of you who checked that out and left me some feedback. I do appreciate that. So I'm kind of trying to decide how to spend my time, whether I should do more tutorials like that and uh, scale back on some of the other 
live segments that I've been doing because I sometimes I, I worry that when I do the live TV segments, I don't get control of like I can't pace it out really. I don't really know how much time I have, and I find that it's just very challenging to do projects in four and a half minutes. So I'm trying to uh, figure out how to use my time wisely and not leave the audience uh, disappointed when they watch the little segment and cannot figure out how to start or finish the project that I'm trying to explain. So the YouTube video might be the way to go. I'm going to probably make some more of those pertaining to the peg looms that I make. I do want to say thank you to all the folks who bought uh, Craft Sandy peg looms since I started selling those in August. It's been kind of a a kick. Um, I had my 100th Etsy shop sale uh, last week. It was funny because the 100th sale was a big rug loom, which was really a kick. And if you have any recommendations for projects that I've done on my site that you know you want to see a video tutorial for, um, let me know. And I might actually be looking for some sponsors soon to do. If I start doing these on a regular basis, uh, I, I'll be interested in getting some sponsorship. It's really funny because the first YouTube video I ever did was um, one that showed the difference between pearl. Um, I'm sorry, continental and throwing different types of knitting techniques and. I did it with kind of the shaky camera over somebody's shoulder. Um, it was a woman who owned a local knit shop here in town, and unfortunately that shop just closed. But um, we did this video just kind of on the fly, and it's gotten over 300,000 hits and or views, and it's just kind of unbelievable. I had no idea that something would be that popular. So it's really interesting. You never know what's going to be popular on YouTube. But anyway, um, if you're interested in doing something, a partnership as far as uh, doing a sponsorship uh, with a YouTube video, let me know because I'm kind of toying around with the idea of doing more of those. And another long-term goal I have is I want to do some documentary work. So I guess my little flip cam YouTube videos are good practice for that. And my husband's really good at editing video and doing all the technical stuff. So that really helps and makes it possible for me to even do this. But anyway, I really appreciate all of you tuning in and happy holidays. And I will be back soon with another episode. So I'll see you in a bit.